0: everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's the show that explores all those themes of Saturday morning TV and how not only did we grow up with it, and well, turns out those those same themes have been growing up with us. Are you sure? They sure are. Look around you. Uh, in order to help explore this, I've decided to enlist myself, uh, a battle-hardened uh, uh, podcast show host, and yours for the night. Dan Grimshay. Welcome, everybody. Uh, also, I've got, uh, in order to help make more sense of all of this, I've got my my good buddy, my producer, Mi Vida Loca, Marky. Marky, are you there? Orale. How you doing? Orale, indeed, sir. Uh, and as if that wasn't enough, we, we felt we had to represent the uh, Polish-Americans in the uh, <laughs> audience. So won't you please welcome Jimmy the Gent lazinski Hello there. Ah, <laughs> little Obi Wan, to really muddy the waters because we're not talking Star Wars this week. We promise. Oh, oh really? No, we're okay, not. Fine. Save it. Uh, what I do want to talk about, though, especially considering our uh, guests who are coming up here, uh, you will hear from uh, Daphne Reed Ma- or Daphne Maxwell Reed. My apologies, mm-hmm. uh, who played not just the first Vivian, but the second Vivian on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, and we will also get to, uh, talking about, because you know, we talk, we don't have anything to talk about if it weren't for actors. So we're finally going to talk to an acting coach, uh, Michelle Danner, uh, big shot. If you don't know how to act, talk to her. (laughs) Hmm. Now, before we go any further, all of this with the fresh Prince of Bel Air versus the fresh Prince, if you're not aware, there's a reboot out there. It's on Peacock. Go check it out. If you got the Peacock, uh, Boy, there's a lot of reboots. I know that's been something pundits have talked about since the 90s. But mostly, you know, in movies. Of course, Hollywood has a good reason to recycle successful IPs. They started with sequels decades and decades ago. Then they said, "Uh, screw sequels. Let's just literally reboot things. Now, that'll take days to talk (laughs) all about that. So I want to talk about TV reboots like, like this Fresh Prince one. Yeah. Now. Bel Air? Uh, no. no. The old one was French Prince of Bel Air. Reboot is the Fresh Prince.
1: No, it's not. It's Bel Air. Wait. Uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we, we could clear all we this need up
0: later. To, we, we we should have some researchers on this. You're right. So it's called Bel Air, not the Fresh Prince. You're right. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. I was going to give them notes. <laughs> fair, fair you
2: know what you should call this show?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are missing the mark here. Uh, but. The Now, there's been a number of TV reboots, some for the better, some for the worse, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what you guys think and what do you guys at home think. So I'm going to throw out a few examples. Mm-hmm. Just test the water. See what you think. Was it necessary? Was it good? Did it make itself its own thing enough to justify it? I'm going to start with an easy one, especially, I, I happen to know for a fact, an easy one for Marquee here. Okay. This is very early on. This is barely turn of the millennia when this old gym got rebooted and definitely, I think, went a different direction. But I'd like to hear from uh, from Marquee on this more than anybody Battlestar
1: Galactica. Uh, I knew you were oh. going to do that. That was mine. I, was gonna, I wasn't I was talking about I
0: it. knew you were, no, and that's I why I just handed it that to you head. on a plate. Oh, yeah. Marky, I happen to know you're a huge, modern Battlestar Galactica yes. fan.
1: Yeah. And so what did you think of the are.
0: original? I know you watched it as a kid, did you?
1: Well, I, I didn't watch it as a kid, but I... I, when, I when I got really into the reboot, uh, and I actually think it's a reimagining, which you know, we could get into the definitions here, but... I I remember going back and watching the original after I had been a fan of the reboot, of the reimagining. And I was just like, this is really stupid. The original (laughs) was really corny. It was really bad. And it kind of got me thinking about all the benefits of having reboots and that you get to kind of make it's like quantum leap. You get to write what once went wrong, you know? (laughs) So I was really excited about it. You know, like, I mean, I, I like the concept of a reboot when you could take something that conceptually was there, like the, the, the rough outline of a story, uh, like it's there, but it just wasn't really quite, you know, whether it was studio pressures or, you know, of the time it wasn't right for it or whatever, but, Sometimes you get another chance at something. So were were you like
0: waiting for a reboot? Did you, if there had never been a new Battlestar Galactica, would the original still just be like, oh, I remember that show. It was pretty good. Do you?
1: Well, it's funny because like one of the reasons why I was even aware of the original Battlestar Galactica is that I grew up as a huge fan of the A-Team and Mm. Dirk Benedict. Was in the A team. He played Face Man. Face Man. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and he was also he played uh, Starbuck, I think, in the original Battlestar Galactica. And so I was aware of him, and I was aware that he was in he was from that, you know. So uh-huh. I, you know, I kind of knew him as like a, a, a. I grew up a huge Star Wars fan, obviously, and so I knew that he was in a Star Wars adjacent kind of property before he was with the A team. And this was when I was a kid. So I, I didn't really know about Battlestar Galactica more than that, you know? And then, you know, by the time I'm in my 20s, and then.
0: Okay, the so you really out, didn't know. like, you no, I Literally, you weren't no, watching what no. was coming I, out. I and mean, you didn't of really
1: course, like, up. there's some iconic do images. You, do, you from do you want to talk Galactica to somebody who did watch it as a kid?
0: Oh, Jimmy, you're you're really tempting me. But hold on. Oh, Marky's I, got I, enough to say about the reboot. I, I do want to say
1: something about this because, like,. There is some iconic imagery from the original Battlestar Galactica that is etched in everybody's head. You know, it's, you know, the the whole Cylon and the eye, the freaking red eye kind of going back and forth. And that amazing design of the original Cylons, that, that can't be beat. And I actually think that the original... Cylon design is better than the reboot design. I, I love the original design, which is it's just a, like uh, it, it's just a guy wearing a trash can on his head, but it's oh, well, I think it's, it's better. Wonderful. it's
0: good. I think you it's, know, better. it's it's like Chrome and yeah. it's got so many edges and they have the starkly lit sets. It's so it good. that really did something for me. I thought the some of the design choices in there when I was a kid, at least, mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is kind of better than Star Wars.
3: <laughs> Nobody in Star Wars
0: has that kit light going back and forth in their eye like that. Kit that's light is
1: everything, obviously. Shoo, shoo, yeah, that's just shoo, amazing. Shoo. Yeah. Matter of fact, they actually did reboot um, Knight Rider, too. They, they, uh, they, they did tried a that.
0: number of times, yeah. and we'll get to that later. And, and that was, Or a big we f- won't.
1: I, well, let, let's just say this. <laughs> it failed. It was horrible. Yes. It was stupid. Anyway.
0: But you are a big fan of the Battlestar Galactica remake. You say, in fact, it made it not just a better show, a different show. And one of your favorites. Good. Jimmy, you actually remember. So I did watch Battlestar Galactica as a kid. And I feel like it's worth
2: noting that Battlestar Galactica was sort of an answer or a a co... uh, um, To put up against Star Wars. Like it came out right after Star Wars. and And the design, the special effects were done by ILM. And so the first three episodes of Battlestar Galactica the TV show were released as a movie as a feature movie that came out at the theaters right so you'll notice there's a little more special effects and that's where the silent design came from that to me and as you guys were discussing it I realized it's kind of like a, almost a mashup of Darth Vader and Stormtroopers right yeah, yeah.
1: Ooh. I can see that Yep. oh yeah
2: but all that being said, so I sat through all of those episodes as a kid and loved it. And, yeah, they're they're a little, aside from that first arc, that first story arc, a little hinky, right? I like the the basic idea. You know, we're looking for our, our, our distant relatives out in space. Kind of cool. And then they had, um, I want to say in the 80s, they had the first, I don't know if it was a sequel or if it was a reboot, but it was like uh, Battlestar Galactica on Earth. Yeah. And they drove motorcycles. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. But uh, when we started, when we the subject of reboots came up for this episode, my first go to my favorite one of the favorite ones, at least that comes to the top of the mind, is of course the Battlestar Galactica reboot, which was I thought really well done, to, and 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 kind of like Terminator Two made the Terminator story better and advanced the story arc. This, the, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica did the same for the original Battlestar Galactica. made it better, took, took, took what worked and made it better, and the story mm-hmm. takes place later on in the...
1: Yeah, war, I actually, I, 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 I really like that because one of the cool things about the reboot was that they actually kind of treated the original... Like it was in continuity. Right, right. Like it did exist. Like that all kind of happened. It kind of, it was kind, they kind of split the baby in two there because because they actually used a lot of the same character names and everything. So they kind of treated it like all of the characters, like Adama and Starbuck and all that, they didn't exist in the old times, but the war did happen. So the Cylon that I loved so much from the original did exist in the reboot but it was in a war of old times and Adama existed in the current times so mm-hmm. they 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 kind of took the best of the original and they made it kind of they kind of canonized it and put it into the reboot so all those designs and everything they all continue to exist within the new canon. I thought that was amazing because those are the things that I think really stood out the most. The, this really is the
2: first time to my memory, right? Like and there might be others, but what comes again what comes to mind is how well they boiled down and diluted what worked with the original yep. and and made it better. And made it what ultimately ended up being a great story arc. Great, for that. yeah, fantastic yeah.
1: movie. I mean, sure, yeah, fantastic.
2: Like I think, and Jack Palance was Baltus, I believe, uh, on the first one. Baltazar. Baltazar, right? That Jack
1: Palance? No, I don't think that was him. No, it was Lauren Green. No, no, sorry. Yeah. no Lauren he Green was a Dama. Oh,
0: yeah, he was a Dama. Ooh. I don't think it was Jack Palance. I can't picture him on the show.
2: But and there's and, and we have way... no
1: way of knowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll never figure this out. Yeah. Hit
0: us up in
2: the
1: comments. An answer Smash that like button. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> so, yeah, what other reboots you like? All
0: right, well, since you brought it up, since I also started with what is clearly going to be, especially one. with our yeah. listeners, a fan favorite, I'm glad you also mentioned Knight Rider. Knight Rider. Now, there's yeah. one, now this one got rebooted in, like, the mid-'90s. A
1: couple of times. Yeah, no, it got re- it got it rebooted like, in the, 2000s, like yeah. in the 2000s, like in the 2010s. It got rebooted again.
0: I remember. It's they have they've gone to the. Not only did they come back and make a TV movie about you know 15 20 uh-huh. years after the show ended uh-huh. with the original characters. I and don't actors. think that doesn't qualify as a reboot. Doesn't necessarily. No. It's a revisit. A revisit. And that one well. wasn't too bad, as I recall. Of course, I was a much younger man even when that came out. But then there was there was one, and this is the example I'm going to use. And I'm hoping at least one of you saw it. But there was one that came out that was all about a team of like four or five young people, and they each had their own talking vehicle, like it was a bad Jimmy.
1: Wake up, Jimmy.
0: Wake up. Like, like uh, you know, Power Rangers was big then. Voltron was remembered. Like the idea was like some sort of Voltron team. Yeah, I don't. None of their vehicles connected to make a mega. Yeah,
1: that would have helped. Yeah, Knight Rider,
0: but. This was a thing, and I think it lasted a couple of seasons wow, too.
2: No idea. I think Knight Rider 2000 was the sequel where they had brought Michael Knight out of jail or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, that and, was the, and and, the TV and, movie, and, right? And, right. Yeah. But his, that car was not only AI and semi automated, but it could switch into different cars, like it's all all Fords, I, I think it was. So it could be I a Mustang, right, yes. it could be a truck, it could be an SUV, which was a. I mean, I'm already watching A Talking Car, right? So I can suspend a little disbelief, but there's matter and there's physics involved. You but
0: would you would think so. But even I, who was gung-ho about it, and this, this probably came out in like 96, 97, mm-hmm. this one, I could not make it through a full episode. Right, right,
2: right. It was only so YouTube bad. that got me through and probably in the last <laughs> COVID lockdown that I sat through it. But I want to say that the one with the team was, like, maybe Knight Rider 2099 or something like that. They gave it a new label. And I don't remember them joining up, but it was all about the team. Like, you're right. Like, Voltron, everybody had to have a team. Everybody had to, you know, work together.
0: Yeah. Michael Knight makes it through, like, six seasons alone. And for some reason, if one person doesn't show up out of this team in an episode, like, they'd fall apart.
2: Anybody know why he's named Kit? I mean, I do, but I yeah, yeah throw uh, that out there.
1: Night Industries 2000. Thank you, thank you. you. I knew that. I, I wish I would have answered, but yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Let me just hit You're the. the only let one. me just hit the can air brakes. I, can on this I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I talk about a reboot that was a total and utter failure and why it was a total and utter failure? Because well, I don't know. I, I think if this it is would, the appropriate time. Muppet babies. I think it would actually. <laughs> I, I think it would kind of allow us to kind of qualify these things a little bit because. Absolutely. Let right, it rip. So the. One of my favorite oh, miniseries of all times was V. Now, if you guys—if I don't know if we're going to get to them all—but if you guys tune into CBS any any week, any night of the week, you're going to have a Magnum PI, you're going to have a Hawaii Five O, you're going to have a MacGyver. So there's plenty of reboots. But I want to talk about this one because it is so bad, and one of the reasons is is because they kind of tried again to try to split the baby in two, mm-hmm. but not in the good way. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good way to split a baby. Yeah. yeah. Lengthwise. Yeah. yeah it was terrible. <laughs> we'll talk about that in another episode. You gotta grab them by the legs and just oh. split them apart. Yeah. On our Thanksgiving um, episode, we'll talk about how to
2: split <laughs> how to split a baby for the
1: whole family. But one of the things that they actually did in this V, so V is a miniseries. It's about lizard people coming to Earth and they're they they actually come posing as our friends they look like us they they look like humans they have skin yeah. and as we did a whole episode about it we, yeah yeah we, we have and as you you know spoiler alert if you didn't have, if you haven't caught this they're actually lizard people right they if they mm-hmm. peel off their skins and in this reboot which i was so excited about comic con had this huge thing about it and i was just so excited about it and this was what i want to say 2008 eight,
0: 2010 eight, two yeah, right it's right, about right, right. So right. it's about 13 14 years ago
1: and one of the big mistakes was that they brought in, like, um, Mark... Hamill. Not Mark Hamill. Sigler? Mark no. Summer. Summer. No, not Mark Summer.
0: Mark Singer. Fidrich. Singer. Mark They Singer. brought in the Beastmaster. Go yes, on.
1: they brought in the Beastmaster, and they brought in the actress that played Diana. Um, I forget her name. But, <laughs> but anyway, they would bring in some of the original actors that were in the original, but they played completely different people. So it wasn't like this nod, like there is a good way to do that. And we're actually going to find out in the Bel Air series that there's a good way to bring in original actors into a, into a modern story retelling to do it right. Oh, there's at least a decent excuse to. Correct. If you try. But the, the V series did not do that. They basically tried to bring them in in the same role, but not the same names. They didn't honor the original. They right. didn't give the new people the uh, a good reason to exist, and it was just a total and utter failure. And it lasted one season. Like
0: they also, as I recall, did the effects with like a Commodore sixty four. Oh, I know it was horrible. It was. An, I cannot believe but that was a major on, network on show. On the
2: plus yeah. side, that did bring us Morena Bracco. Well, yeah. Well, after she, she Fox taking her off a of Firefly, yeah, it's. Yeah. But,
1: it's, I think her I name mean, is uh,
2: I'm, Baccarin, I'm, I think is her name. But thank Baccarin. you. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you why I tuned into that show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it also had Laura Vander Root, who, was, uh, who played uh, Supergirl in Smallville. I think it's Vander Rutt. Vander, I'm, uh, Vander Vort, <laughs> I think is her name. But anyway, yeah, she was in it. And I was just like so excited about this show because I was a big fan of her. I was a big fan of, you know, th- there was plenty to really be excited about. Mm-hmm, and then they mm-hmm. just completely, and there was no Michael Ironside. So, you know what?
0: Yeah, that that was finally yeah. what broke it for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I waited too. But I yeah.
2: think I think you're right, Marky. That series might have done better if Mark Singer would have been the same character, right. aged up, which I normally Just don't. Which I normally don't like. Yeah. Yeah. But they brought him in as a, a whole new cloth character.
1: Yeah, but right. you know, but um, Singer Singer played Donovan, and Donovan was a TV news person. Like he was a like guy on the street like a guy who would go into war zones with a camera and get the story whether he's which was already a
0: bit of a ripoff from max Hedrum
1: yeah i guess
0: but matt I'm, frewer's wonderful but, character
1: but, uh, but
0: these days
2: he would just be a guy a with, with an iphone
1: it, yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. even still but you could make him with an iphone still go in there it doesn't matter how old he is he could still be donovan he could still do this you know like it's not like being being young and attractive was he. Now he's just old and attractive. Have you, have you guys seen Mark Singer? He's NBC, still good looking.
2: NBC, if you're listening for the third reboot
1: for uh, <laughs> the, we have some ideas. Get us now, up. In don't the get comments. me started on the frickin' MacGyver reboot. I was, I am so pissed off.
0: Oh, it's funny you do because I was oh, going to um, use that as the last one because they completely change gears. Completely. where they said let's make it a comedy. Let's instead no, the I think, exact no, opposite. You're thinking of I MacGruber. Think
1: you're actually thinking of MacGruber,
0: which is basically the MacGyver update, right?
1: <laughs> no, there's there is a MacGruber There is, there is, is a S&L MacGyver. Well, I'm, I'm aware
0: of that in the movie, but this still feels
1: like <laughs> no, they said that's you parody. Know there's a difference.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. If we're <laughs> I going like McGruber.
1: I like MacGruber. I do not like the MacGyver reboot, and I try to watch it because I grew I up a huge fan of. Feel MacGyver. like
0: I'm not even aware that there was a legitimate. MacGyver reboot. It's still on.
1: It's weird that it's you're hosting like it's, this it's seasoned, episode. It's
0: on television right now. It's on
1: CBS, like all yeah. these reboots.
0: Oh, and yeah. the Terminator. Oh, yeah, I don't. Silver it's Terminator it's is I don't his dad.
1: Are, are, are I we not right. talking it, about
0: Peacemaker? No, no, we're not talking about Peacemaker.
2: No. Same actor. Yeah. And they Who actually plays a lot of dance um, now.
0: All right, well then, well then, I won't use the MacGruber one, but now it sounds like this is just something my brain has erased because it's part of the Hawaii Five O. <laughs> I can like all of those. Yeah, it's and all those. I think they were all CBS. Yeah. Equalize. Well, they made the movie that was our Well, it's, I, think
2: there's, I, I like equalize the Equalize movie. There's a I certain
0: amount, there's a
2: certain demographic out there that are just going to see those names and be like, oh, yeah, I should watch I, I watched cool. that 10 years ago. I should watch that now. They did. Well, I, well, I remember they had it. I huge watched that hit. 30 years
0: ago. I don't think it's on the air anymore, so it wasn't a huge hit for long, but The Odd Couple got
1: rebooted yep. a few years ago. Yeah, that was with the guy from and Friends. That was big. That was the guy from Friends. Um, Which yeah, guy? Yeah. Uh, Chandler. Joey? No, Chandler. Chandler. I forget his
0: name. But yeah. Chandler, Chandler yeah. Bing? Yeah, uh, 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 Ch- Matthew Perry Ch- Chandler, and, and Thomas about, Lennon. Yep. We talk about Chandler. Apparently, Bond. it was a huge hit for one season, and then no one cared about it anymore, and it's gone now. Mm, sounds right. Yeah, someone write in and let me know because oh, I yes. haven't heard anything Side about note, it. Side note, more five years. Lennon. Yes, <laughs> always more Thomas Lennon.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that's a really good show to like. That can be adapted, like it's just, um, you know, uh, disagree, slobby Strong guy, disagree. The,
2: the, the, the thing was, he's a he's the slobby guy and the and the straight slobby guy and the really uptight gay guy, and that was a huge comedy, I don't mashup back in the 50s, was 60s, the, 70s. Was the original, I guarantee a gay guy? that
0: was not explicit in the storyline, yeah
2: maybe right. you no, didn't man. grow up watching it but
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like reruns, i said, like explicit I did. but
2: but that whole dynamic is not as interesting or not as unique maybe it's interesting
1: but it's as not it as unique as then. it was back then yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah. Right. yeah maybe so i don't know like um like, like um what about the Maybe shows I'm just more that more open minded than you mark I'm sorry What about the shows that have not been rebooted I mean why have not we seen another family ties or oh, another yeah. three's we, company We got about I mean, 6 I think, hours I mean, Let's I think that. we should do this I think why don't we get into what has not been rebooted uh, Anyway one thing that have did get rebooted
0: though loosely we're not doing TV shows that got rebooted to movies yeah. there's a bunch of those bunch we'll of do those. that later yeah. Yeah. Uh, But one of the reasons I wanted to end this on the whole MacGyver-McGruber thing was that is taking an uh, an hour-long drama, turning it into a half-hour sitcom. What we've got here with Bel Air Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a half-hour sitcom turned into an hour-long drama. You don't say. In the age of prestige TV as well. So the drama should be better than MacGyver's drama ever was. Right. Now, you can go to Peacock and judge that for yourself. But before you do... Why don't you have a quick listen here? To uh, She was the second Aunt Viv uh-huh. on the original Fresh Prince. Season four. She plays a character, you know, uh, a la Mark Singer, a character that is not her own, but uh, as a cameo, like a, like a love cameo, I think. A nod. A nod. As, yeah. Hey, remember me? Exactly. Yeah. And her name, Daphne Maxwell-Reed. Her profession, actress, Acting. designer, photographer. <laughs> Uh, author I guess if you're an author of photography books mm-hmm. she's an author as well and I think we've wasted enough time without talking to her let's change that around magic interview machine give me a little Daphne Maxwell Reed.
2: meanwhile if you don't mind right uh, Dan and I were where we are we've seen a couple episodes of the new Fresh Prince series from I uh, believe that's on the Peacock right
4: Bel Air Oh, yeah.
2: thank you for the correction. So, t- so tell us if you could, what's the log line or how, how are you, what's your character doing on the show?
4: Oh, uh, my character is uh, giving a grant to aunt Vivian 3.0. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's uh, getting back into the art world and myself and the original mother from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Brene Watson, uh are the grant makers for this company that wants to get her back out into the art world?
0: It seems kind of like, uh, like, like you're the two of you are playing a matriarchal figure to the matriarch of the show.
4: You can read it any way you'd like.
0: Oh, good, <laughs> good, and I'm writing this up as that. Very, good. <laughs> very good. Yeah.
2: Tell me, about, tell me a little bit about your thoughts coming back to this franchise and when you come on the set.
4: I was honored to be asked to be a part of it uh, when we did our reunion back in 2020 for The Fresh Prince at Bel-Air. Um, he told us, he introduced us to the young man who created the concept of doing Fresh Prince as a drama and uh, announced that he and the young man were going to do it. And it was going to be on Peacock, and they had a two-year pickup. And when I saw the first three episodes, which Will showed us before the show aired, um, it was so well shot, so well written. And it, it was cinematic. And to have an hour to get the characters, get to see the three dimensions of the characters, it was really refreshing Exciting, and I think it's it's a tale well told. It's a basic fish out of water story. It follows the same basic line as the Fresh Prince of Bel Air of living in Philadelphia and getting into trouble there. And it's a little more trouble than the original mm. Fresh Prince might have gotten into. He wasn't about basketball, um, and um, well, it was kind of right. It's also. Good to see that all of the characters have more dimensions than we were able to explore in a half-hour sitcom. Do
0: you think uh, it's, is uh, is it kind of the zeitgeist, like nowadays people are watching more drama or people are kind of more ready for it? Or was it a missed opportunity back when it was just a sitcom to treat it so lighthearted? Or is there room for both?
4: Oh, there's room for both, and it's a whole different reimagining of a similar story, and it's well told this time. So it's not like a slap in the face to the original; it is well done, which is the only way that Will likes to do it is well done, uh, and I just think it's it's a marvelous present day reflection. Of the characters in the same situation,
0: and what is the story of how the this young man got to Will with this idea? That I mean, I think that sounds like a,
3: saw it like a
0: online.
4: Showroom. I think it was like a YouTube little video that the young man had shot, and Will saw it and said, "Oh, let's talk about this," and they had a conversation, and then it bloomed into a relationship.
0: Yeah, that's what that's got to be just such a wild ride for just, I'm, I'm sure for Will Smith, the original going through, I mean, he came from humble beginnings and then he at a young age rocketed way up.
4: Yeah. He has fallen down when he was a young man. I mean, his music business went way up and went way down. So he's been through ups and downs through his career, but he always has a, a mind for learning and exploring and going beyond what he's comfortable doing and to be able to grow as a businessman in this show business is a brilliant move on his part
2: you might be i apologize if you're if you get this question a lot but it's it's my turn to ask it so i'm going to jump right in uh, when you were work when you joined the cast i think season 3 of the fresh prince as viv 2.0 season 4 Um, as Viv 2.0. He was already a bit of a star, right, Will Smith? Did you have any sense of what a huge star he would become? Did you see something in him at that young age that that foretold this meteoric?
4: Yes, because I had been in television for about 20 years before I had the opportunity to join that cast, and I saw a young man who brought 150% to rehearsals where we just kind of blasé, blasé walk through, (laughs) he was on it. And when he wasn't on the stage rehearsing or helping with the writing, he was doing business. And he was learning business. And he was making deals. And then when he started with the movies, I knew his charisma was going to be very attractive. When we were doing The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there was no social media. Right. But by the end of the time we did it was starting to happen and he knew how to use it and he used it well.
0: Still, still uh still a power to be reckoned with in yes. show business. Yes. Mm.
4: Bright young man. Yeah. Love had, him.
2: Had you ever seen anybody before or since with that sort of energy or attention?
4: I haven't worked with anybody that's got that kind of energy. Right. Right. But um the young man who's playing Will in Bel Air has a lot of qualities that that Will has. I hope he's as smart as Will was, is, and um, I hope he, I whispered something to him when I did Bel Air that I told Will years ago after I had been working with him for about a year or two. And I told him, don't let the successes go to your head and don't let the failures go to your heart. My husband told me that long time ago. And it is something to live by when you're in this business.
2: Mm, I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. That's good advice. (laughs) All
4: right. I won't charge you much.
2: (laughs) Okay. You got it. Um, How many art grants are going to be given out on this show? How often can we expect to see you?
4: you'll have to ask the writers darling i don't know. okay all right <laughs> i enough. was honored to be uh at, will asked uh asked all the cast members from before said i'd love to get you guys involved in the show some kind of way and i guess i was first up to bat with Brene.
0: of mm-hmm. course you were <laughs> uh all right and uh let's see what else have you got going you uh i know i know you're in fashion I feel you uh, are, are, you an the author? Are...
4: The camera. I make, oh. I make these tote bags. This are uh, my photography. I take pictures of doors around the world. I've written four books about the doors around the world. And then I took the pictures and I designed a fabric and then I made tote bags with them and I make note cards and I do talks about it and why doors and, I have a wonderful, wonderful life that's very full when I'm not doing TV and movies and, and radio shows and podcasts. So mm. I'm, I'm having a nice, full life.
2: Not, not having read any of these books, why Doors?
4: Doors are a metaphor for life. And I want to encourage people to look at the details in their life to help enrich the journey from A to B. Don't just go from A to B to get to B. Make sure that you enrich the journey by noticing the details of the journey. Mm -hmm. And by starting by noticing doors, which everybody sees, um, get you into practice of making sure that you see details in life. I only take one shot of a door and I want you to see it the way I saw it at that moment, lit by nature. I don't use any lighting equipment. I don't use a tripod. I shoot one picture of a door and move on with my quest to see craftsmanship and color and and what nature has done to the doors. So that's my journey and that's what I like to share.
2: Uh, I do have one more question, uh, if you'll forgive me. When I was younger, I used to have to get up super early on Saturday mornings to beat my brother to the couch so I could get the good spot in front of the TV to watch cartoons. But I'd have to get up even earlier than him to beat my parents into the kitchen to pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness to get me through the day, right? So Daphne Reed, I'd like to know what's your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what cartoons did you watch?
4: Oh, let's see. When I was young, (laughs) I used to like, usually we had cream of wheat, which I really liked. Cream of wheat. Now it's probably oatmeal because I make it, my mother says I make it taste like cookies. But (laughs) (laughs) I like a good bowl of oatmeal with some cranberries in it and maybe some walnuts in it. And some butter, of course. But uh, good good. old-fashioned oatmeal.
2: That sounds good. Keeps you regular.
4: And my favorite cartoons, let's see. Oh, you're going to laugh. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Ooh. That wasn't a cartoon, but a Sunday, Saturday morning show.
3: Yeah, hey,
0: that counts. Yeah. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie? Kukla? Kukla? Kukla. Yeah. Fran, and Ollie. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Kukla, Fran, and Ollie. Okay, we're going to have to do a deep dive on that. They were yeah. puppets, am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fran
4: Fran was live.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate the time Daphne. Uh, And uh, everybody remember Bel Air. It's on Peacock. Check it out. Uh, There is no laugh track. Get used to that right away. I know it's taken some people by surprise, but it really pays off. It's an amazing story. Uh and one though you've seen before, you haven't seen it before.
2: No,
4: it's well told. Well told.
0: Well told. And
4: don't forget to go to my website. Mother's Day is coming up, and I got gifts for you to send to your mom.
2: Plug
0: that website. What's that website?
4: Daphne Maxwellreed.com.
0: Right on. Daphne Maxwellreed.com. Oh, what else? I love it. Books.
2: You want to plug those books before we let you go?
4: Books. Masks note cards, tote bags, coats. <laughs> like, damn it.
0: Everything Diziest mom could want. In Hollywood.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Be well. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much, Daphne. We'll see you. Take care.
4: Take care. All this to watch David Robinson play. Good thing we bought the Kellogg's Raisin Bran.
1: You too. With the two scoops of raisins, come with me. I saw you eat Kellogg's Raisin Bran.
0: You eat this too? Watch Two scoops of juicy raisins have the taste everyone's sweet on. Kellogg's Raisin Bran, part of this complete breakfast. What's got five buttons, two sleeves, and lots of attitude? The Fresh Prince of Bel Air Jersey. Yours for $9.99 with two proofs from Kellogg's Raisin Bran. It's gotta be the shirt. Ah, look at that. Patience. Somehow, they managed to slip in an ad for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in an ad for Raisin Brand featuring David Robinson. David Robinson. How much more 1990s can you possibly get?
1: Yeah, that might have been late 80s. Yeah, you're right. It was probably 90s. But it was, was, it was right there. Was
0: Vanilla
2: Ice doing the voiceover?
1: <laughs> We're trying to forget Vanilla Ice.
0: <laughs>
2: and, he
1: doesn't rise to this
0: occasion. He does not. I'm sorry. Yes, Vanilla Ice, Soggy and Milk. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the verdict. Anyway, uh, hey, thanks for listening to that. That was, of course, once again, Daphne Maxwell-Reed, who played Vivian 2.0, her words, Mm -hmm. on the original Fresh Prince, and also uh, uh, got her her respectful cameo in the new Bel Air on Peacock, Uh, Find It Now. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, uh, so... What do you guys think? I don't know if you finished watching all of the new reboot or uh, if you're still trying to catch up on the original if 25 years wasn't long enough.
1: Well, I know that um, we all live through it. You know, and I think it was more yes, about the we've era.
0: all gotten into a fight.
1: No, no, no. I mean, said. I mean like look, look, I I just watched I just watched the first two episodes of the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it's been 20, 30 years since I'd seen it. It's been a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's been a while. Yeah. So I watched them, and uh, they're kind of hard to watch. They're funny. You can see, like, these seeds of gold coming but were they what? standard definition? I
2: mean, <laughs> yeah. Why were they
0: hard? Was to it watch? the four by three aspect ratio? Yeah, I was.
1: I was watching it on a little iPhone and a watch. And it was, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. No, but it was. It's just. It's really hard to. Um, it's aged a lot, you know. Even though, like, I could watch the freaking Andy Griffith the... show looks more looks more in in time than the Fresh Prince does. Huh. To me. Like, because. I was alive in that time and I didn't know anybody that looked like this or talked like this. Right? And I don't mean the color of their skins. I mean there was a super rich person and then this will just wore crazy like crazy stuff. Like it wasn't even about
0: Well, I remember that being part of his character how he would wear his full uh, jacket inside out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but was it was like a, it was a, his fashion choices I remember meant something to the story. Admittedly, I did not just watch the first two episodes. It's been decades. Yeah, so I couldn't speak to really it. It's really
1: tough it's really tough to watch, you know. And but you can see like all these little seeds of like how good this show is going to be. Yeah. And it it actually grew into itself because again, I I grew up in that time. And uh I don't know if you guys knew this, but Will Will Smith was a multi-platinum recording artist before he got on The Fresh Prince. You, did you guys know this? Well, my mom
2: and dad didn't completely get what you were saying. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, parents just don't understand.
0: Ah, there you go. There you he go. gets it. I get it. I, was, I thought he wasn't was going to get it. It. Yeah. it seemed horrible. It felt like a nightmare on on my street. <laughs> Yeah. He did, uh, and I will. I will interject here just briefly. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but I mention it in real life all the time. My very first concert, uh-huh. DJ Jazzy Jeff oh, yeah. and the Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yeah, will yeah. Smith didn't even have first booking, no, right in his yeah. original enterprise. Yeah. Uh, but yes, he was. He was a poster boy for mainstream rap, perhaps at yeah. age like seventeen when that came out. I mean, he was young. And,
1: and he, he blew up. Like, mm-hmm. we, like, we all knew him from that first. And then all of a sudden, this guy was on TV and he was acting. And again, he's, it's just like, it's way over the top. Like, the very first episode, Will Smith is, it's like, it's a bull in a china shop. And how loud he is and how dominating he is. Every single scene and all that stuff. But again, you see the little... Like these little touches of this show being really, really, really good,
0: and you, a, you could you could see the seeds of the uh, you know yeah I don't even one think... of the number one movie stars, it... one of the summer movie staple yeah. leading men,
1: yes, and like like Carlton who would later become incredibly famous for the Carlton dance and all that stuff, he's maybe in one minute of the pilot episode of the Fresh Prince. Like, it's just, you don't even know what's coming yet. They, they, they like plant all these seeds of like all these uh, archetypical characters. It's all there. It's all coming, but you have to deal with Will Smith first. Mm-hmm. the personality is just so over the top yes yeah.
0: it's it's not Bel Air has a fresh prince it's the fresh Prince it is in Bel Air. of Bel Air. Yeah, yeah, yes
1: you're right and it's just it was, so it was a
0: vehicle uh, and it, it was popular enough it lasted it got I think like you're saying I remember it getting good there's there's a viral clip of you know one of will Smith's dramatic moments on the show yeah talking about his father yep. you all know what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. Hashtag Will Smith made us cry. Yeah, I remember that. Which is different from hashtag Will Smith made Chris Rock cry. I thought it needed mentioning once real quick. Uh, But there was, uh, like, I think even before the end of the show, he was already doing uh, maybe even Independence Day. Like, he got his bona fide, almost Tom Cruise level status, and he was still doing the show.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he was still doing it, but I know it was right there. Like, it seemed like it all kind of happened at once. It was just like, this guy was, for like a moment, kind of the biggest rapper, pop star in the world. Right, you know, just like he was 17. And then all of a sudden, he was on this big hit television show. And then all of a sudden, this guy is opening up 4th of July. He created 4th of July Weekend as like a movie weekend, You know, it didn't happen until Will Smith. He had like three or four in a row where it was just like the biggest Fourth of July thing. And he really grew into this like, you know, real serious actor and all that just it just came out of nowhere. Actually, it didn't come out of nowhere. You yeah. see, well, everything you're, you're he does. you describing
0: exactly where yeah. it came from, yeah. and it was. <laughs> and he even says, you know, uh, it, it's well documented. He was just—he's a very driven individual. Right. He's a perfectionist, mm-hmm. and now he's—he's he's even talked about like how that's maybe to a detriment. Yeah. How driven he is, uh, and that's saying a lot because, as you said, he started as a teenage rapper. Yeah. Very personable, and then he had to start acting and got very good at it right away to the oscars now how does a person go from just being personable and photogenic to being a great actor i'll tell you one thing you probably use a coach Uh. and i happen to know of a certain acting coach by the name of (laughs) michelle danner Uh who we had the chance to talk to as well uh she is a, and i'm doing her disservice describing her just as an acting coach but she is. Producer. And she is also writer, director. producer, director. And she is at the moment uh, helping to produce a uh, a new star-studded, I believe it's a, a limited series. Might end up being a movie. Who knows? They haven't even told us where it's going to release. They're about to start shooting. It's called uh, Miranda's Victim, or it is for now. mm huh all about where the famous Miranda rights come That's from. That's right. It's a famous And if you story, watch TV kind of fake, the way no, you very, say very you watch TV people, you know word for word what the Miranda rights are. Yeah. Jimmy, put me under arrest.
2: Uh well we're talking about Miranda's victim. Yeah, but yeah. not Miranda rights. Uh uh, the supreme court Okay, just you know determined what, Jimmy, today, you're out. Marky, e, you're back on my improv team. Don't Quick. No, you're
0: Marky,
1: I'm under arrest. What do you say to me? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to shut your mouth forever. <laughs> don't look at me like that. <laughs> Bow, don't don't you ever if I yes. no, sorry, yes, And
0: oh, yes, I, I so. don't care if you can't breathe. The end. All right, that's enough of <sighs> our police bashing. Uh, what do you say you get us out of this awkward spot, magic interview machine? Let's talk to Michelle Danner. Meanwhile. All right. So for everybody listening, this is, uh, this is Michelle Danner. She is, uh, uh, multi-hyphenate, seems to barely even cover it. Uh, everything in show business, she, she has done. Um, what, what, where. What, how would you rank your, your hyphenates now? Are you uh, a director moreover nowadays or an uh, acting coach or writer, producer?
3: Well, as I'm getting ready to shoot a movie, I would say right now I have the the hat of a director on.
0: Okay. That's that's the hat you're wearing now. And you've got a whole bag of hats. That's,
3: yes, but that's, that's the hat right now. I'm five weeks away from principal photography and a movie that I will be shooting on the east coast and in Arizona. So I'm very excited and I'm in it. I'm completely in it.
0: Ooh, is this uh is this the first I imagine there's uh there's probably still going to be some probably forever, but this is probably the least covid restricted production you've uh, you've had in quite some time, I imagine.
3: Yeah, but my understanding is going to be very uh, COVID safe. Uh, SAG is not, GGA is not relaxing, and IACI, you know, the unions are not relaxing any rules. So everybody is going to be very, very uh, safe and protected.
0: Well, good. Safe, Safe is far better than any of the alternatives.
3: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, can you tell us much about this movie you're about to start, or is this something we'll have to talk to you again many, many months from now about?
3: Well, you can talk to me many months from now, but it's uh, a great movie that's never been done about how the Miranda rights came about. So we all know, you know, the right to remain silent, but there's actually an extraordinary story around it. And uh, that's, that's the movie. It's called Miranda's Victim.
0: Wow, that's, um, uh, of course, I guess I always assumed there was a story behind that, but you're right, for something everybody knows in pop culture, I guess it's, it's, I've never heard it told.
3: Yeah, no, it's never been told. And it's the, we have the rights to the true story to the person that it happened to.
0: All right, well, you you know what they say, don't screw this up. (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) so funny you say that, because I say that to myself every day.
0: Oh no. I didn't mean to add on to the voices in your head. Sorry about that. But, but it will be your project, but uh but but I'm glad you are you're treating it with that kind of respect because you know I want some of the facts when I watch it. Um, oh yes
3: very historically researched. George Colbert wrote it. Wonderful writer, he did a great job. And uh like I said thoroughly historically accurate.
0: Good. Good. All right. And that's, uh, that's why you're wearing the director hat. Are you, uh, um, now, now when you're directing, because you have such a long prolific career as, as an acting teacher, and I know it's, it's sort of the job of a director, I suppose, to, to coach the actors anyway. Do you find it coming out very strongly? Is that, do you ever worry you're not doing, you know, the rest of the directing so much as just looking at the performances?
3: No, I think that, you know, it's it's not my first movie, so I've been directing quite a bit. And I'm able to look at the whole picture. You know, director is like the captain of the ship, and they are truly the ones that sign the painting, so they've got to make the choices about the textures and the colors and the composition. And working with the actors is never something I take for granted because I know how to do it, and it comes very instinctively but um, but I never I never take anything for granted but a director has to have eyes everywhere.
0: Mm, good. Good. It, it, it sounds like you're evolving. That's after a few years in this business, I'm glad you're moving on up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a good way to look at it.
0: Uh, and I do want to talk a bit about, uh, the, the, the acting teacher role. It's, I don't know why it's fascinating to me. Um, and I, I do think in pop culture right now, there's the, uh, the acting teacher character is having a bit of a moment from, you know, like the HBO show, Barry and, uh, Kaminsky method with Michael Douglas. It seems to be like something recognized, like a role. Oh, yeah. How, and Although, I know you've been doing it a long time. Was was there a time when the acting teacher was just some something in the background, something that really wasn't known about?
3: I don't know about that. I think acting teachers have always been very well respected, from Estella Adler to Lee Strasberg to Herbert Bergdorf to Sandy Meisner to Uta Hagen, I mean, all iconic teachers and many more. Uh, just to name a few, um, I think they've always had tremendous respect, you know, uh, people that are able to really teach the craft of acting. But, you know, I have joked that I particularly love Barry and there's a new season and I love Kaminsky Method. Uh, I personally told that to Michael Douglas, who I love, but I've always joked that if I taught classes like the ones that are portrayed in those shows, I would have zero students. No students would, you know. Those are the classes that are like my nightmares, where you know I'm I'm going into the office and I can't find my way back into class somehow, and the students are just waiting and waiting for a very long time. Um, yeah, you can't teach, you can't teach a class like that because you'd never have a student stay. <laughs> Dramatic well, license is being I- taken
0: and And if they weren't given out dramatic licenses, I don't think I would be entertained by anything, so I'm totally yeah. okay with that
3: exactly that's exactly right
0: but how did you i mean i mean obviously you you studied uh under some great acting teachers yourself uh but you know I just wonder where is it in the hierarchy of the profession when you know you realize or if you are dubbed by others like you now must take the
3: mantle and teach. You know yeah, I always feel I think when you study with great teachers, you feel the responsibility to pass it on to a younger generation, to another generation. So I've studied a lot. Um and not only that, but I've also, you know, uh, challenged myself to direct on stage and on film. And you know, that knowledge is it's good to pass it down.
0: Good. Are you in the process of raising up uh, some some new acting teachers yourself that you want to send off into the world someday to uh, to to, to teach the generation after?
3: Yep, that's exactly the point. That's a great question, and uh, I have students of mine that are teaching, and uh, people that are you know on our faculty. That either are colleagues, therefore I'm not championing them, I'm still championing them, but not in a mentorship way and uh, and then I have several um you know people that have that I am championing that have studied with me and that are teaching absolutely that's that's the name of the game. that's what it's all about.
0: What else is on the horizon? I mean, I know making the movie is gonna be a big thing
3: anyway, yeah, the movie coming out the runner with um Eric Balfour, and with um, a wonderful newcomer, Edouard Philippe O'Neill, and Cameron Douglas, and Elizabeth Rome. It's a wonderful movie. that's going to come out in the next couple of months, released by Saban Films. And uh, like you said, I have a movie out called Bad Impulse. Um, I have a virtual theater piece that I'm putting finishing touches to uh, and that I uh, directed with Ann Archer called The Ticket to the Circus. wonderful piece of theater that's filmed. And, uh, yeah, then I'm going to be Miranda's victim, so <laughs> that's certainly a full plate.
0: Well, yes, that is no signs of slowing down. I, uh, I I would be jealous if I didn't want to slow down myself in life, but uh, congratulations <laughs> to you.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course, of course. And I guess and you've been such a good sport, uh, the least I can do is give you a chance. Is there anything you wanted to ask me?
3: Oh, um, how long have you had your show?
0: Oh, uh let me see it's been I, I want to say about 8 years. Ah. But, congratulations.
3: Uh,
0: well, we are very very slow at producing it. So it, it's not a not it's it's more about quality than quantity.
3: Well, and not great
0: quality either. But thank you very much. I appreciate that. And uh and it gives me a chance to talk to people like you and I'm just fascinated with the things you do and you, you You speak about it so matter of factly it still kind of boggles my mind. There's still something going on in this magic show business I don't get, but I love that you that you are one of the people who gets to do it uh and and thank you as an audience member.
3: thank you. thank you again for having me. Thank you. Well, of course,
0: and and we'd love to talk to you when, when you're starting to get Miranda's uh, victim out. would love to talk to you then, too. But in the meantime, everybody listening, look for the runner that's going to be making the rounds pretty soon. Uh, and you can check out Bad Impulse right now, probably somewhere. I bet streaming right from your couch if you want to. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, Michelle. Uh, thank you so much for the afternoon and for everything you do for us.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you again. When the day starts out, lift up your head and shout, things going oh. to be a great day. Time to get going.
0: Kellogg's waits for you with
3: vitamins, iron to help, and you have a great day. A very good part of starting your bright new morning is mm-hmm. Kellogg's way. Loops or rice or snacks, flakes
0: or bran or jacks with Kellogg's, you'll start a great day. One of these Kellogg's cereals is a nutritious part of this complete breakfast, and that includes milk, juice, toast, and spread. When you start with Kellogg's, we'll be there to help you say, It's gonna be a great! Jesus! A lot of people don't know that Kellogg's put on a musical on Broadway that back in deep. the late seventies. Uh, that was, of course, the Tony Award-winning "Shop uh, Showstopper." What, what what was that called?
1: Well, there was this was a big um, Tony Award-winning "Tony the Tiger." Tony the Tiger winning? Yeah, yeah. I I I got that. Uh, no, this was a That's Kellogg's funny. commercial. Critics say
0: this show is great. <laughs> this was a it is this funny. was a
1: Kellogg's commercial in, of, of the eighties. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of notable though, <laughs> because, well, because he's going through all this. He's going through all these cereals, and it's all very funny. It's notable.
0: Yeah. There you go. Notable serial commercials, and also, <laughs> in case you weren't listening before that, Michelle Danner, uh-huh. producer, director, writer, star, acting coach. Uh, she's probably done a little uh, electrician work. Uh, some plumbing. We'll put all that on her business card. Multi-hyphenate extraordinaire. Uh, and we thank her, of course, for speaking with us. Uh, and Miranda's victim. Let's throw that plug out for her as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's uh, out soon? Out now?
0: Uh, I, th- I believe
1: they are Depends still, on when you're hearing this. Okay. They,
0: <laughs> they are, uh, just finished casting it, so yeah. it'll probably be out in a week or so. Uh, but no, seriously, look it up. Some amazing star power. Mm-hmm. Ryan Philippe,
1: uh, it was the girl from Hannah. That's what I remember her from. Mm. Yep. And there you go. Yep. And the girl from Hannah. The lady from Hannah. <laughs> the woman from Hannah. I don't the know awesome if you're badass. digging up or down at this she's point. A, uh, she's this assassin trainer badass from Hannah. That's what I know her as. Ninja. Yeah, yeah she's basically a ninja. She No, she trains ninjas. She trains little ninjas. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: everybody yeah. also check out Hannah so, on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Listen up, my ninjas. <laughs>
1: I would say that. I would say yes. Listen up, because Hannah is amazing. That's and that actually is a reboot of a movie. Hannah. Oh, Hannah? look yeah, at that! Let's bring it all back. And
0: now. it almost sounds like Michelle Danna, which <laughs> is Michelle Danner, who you just heard. So anyway, to wrap all this up, uh, I guess reboots more or less. It turns out it's a mixed bag, mm-hmm. but some of the real hits have been worth it. You get you get at least one Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Out of uh, two or three V's and maybe a MacGyver, it sounds like, in
1: there. I hated that. That was horrible. I was so pissed off. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry
0: was, The only, As a matter of fact, if you want to go back and make a reboot from an, any more of my childhood uh, hour-long Adventure Network shows, maybe Simon and Simon, if you find the right two actors who look nothing like brothers.
3: <laughs> it's all going to hinge on go that. i Jake
0: and yeah. the Fat Man oh yeah. I mean, it feels like the title alone wouldn't fly anymore.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, Jake and El Wapo. <laughs>
2: That's
0: better. The handsome. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I like sure. it. Yeah. But he's fat. it's good. <laughs> Starring, of course, Gabriel Iglesias. <laughs> well,
2: I'll leave the casting up to Marquee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think, uh, I mean, uh, uh, listeners will know that this is the sound of scraping the bottom of the barrel. So clearly, I'd say we've had about enough of this. That's enough. That's enough of this. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, did you guys see the Oscars this year?
3: Now we know.
1: And knowing is half the battle. See, oh, this is enough of this.